This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 65. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I'm still buzzing over this last week's Superstar Shake-Up. I'm all shook up. I'm all shook up, man. We got a lot to talk about on this show. You know, typically we we do a lot on WWE, and at the the end of the show, we talk about some other promotions and kind of go in the wide world of wrestling. This week, we're going to really concentrate on WWE's main shows a lot more because so much happened on them. There are so many aspects that are now we have to look at differently. Like we, everything's shifted around now. And so we're going to be looking forward at the next, potentially at the next year or so of WWE programming because everything kind of gets redefined after WrestleMania under yep. their, under the way that they currently do things, you know, um, with the shakeup, you have all these new storylines that can now start and all these new feuds. So we're going to discuss a lot of that this week. We're, so we're going to spend more time on WWE. We're actually going to go through all the shows and tell you what happened and discuss it and break it down. And at the end, kind of recap and say, let's look over what happened. What do we have going on now? So it's going to be a real fun show this week. What's in store for the next year? Exactly. So we've got some, uh, we got a lot to talk about, sir. But uh, before we get to talking about the main shows of WWE and the Superstar Shakeup, let's remind everybody to go check out our Facebook discussion group, Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Uh, it's a great place to talk about the show, about wrestling, about professional uh, wrestling and sports entertainment in general. We have a lot of fun on there. Please join us there and uh, have a discussion with us. It's a lot of fun. And also, don't forget to hit the like, share, and subscribe button on your podcast app of choice. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you like about the show, what you'd like to see us change and make better. Uh, we love getting the positive and constructive feedback from all of you guys. Absolutely. Well, hey, and before we get started with the big everything that went around the uh, shakeup this week, We've got some other things to talk about, so let's head over and hit up the big news. So right at the top here, we actually have to to, to talk about something kind of sad. Bit actually, of a somber moment. Bit of a somber moment. Uh, the living legend, Bruno San Martino, has passed away uh, at the ripe old age of 82. It's always amazing when you see a professional wrestler live that long. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but he was always very much like a guy who was, he was a health nut guy. Like he was very, very against steroids, steroid use, especially in the 80s. He actually I, disowned his own son because his son used steroids. Yeah, wow. seriously. And they never reconciled. Um, 
Dave Meltzer wrote an actually amazing obituary and, and discussion about Bruno San Martino at uh, in the Wrestling Observer, which I highly recommend checking out. Uh, Bruno had some absolutely incredible accolades. Some of you know some of which were fluffed by the WWE in terms of like his sellouts of Madison Square Garden. Sure. But I mean, he legit went back when it was the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Uh, he held the the championship for like four thousand forty days across two reigns. Yeah. Um, and and one of them was two thousand eight hundred three days. One of those reigns, <laughs> like crazy. Um, I mean, he was one of the biggest figures in sports entertainment at the time. For in me, pro- he was like in professional wrestling. Yeah. At the time. For, Let's for, be clear. For me, he was the first guy. He was the first name. Yeah. That really stood out. I mean, eventually after that, you certainly had other prototypes of sorts that were, you know, figures of, of his physique and ability and talent and all of that stuff. But man, he was, you know, for me, that that's the Italian stallion. A lot of people think about Rocky <laughs> Balboa, but I, I think of Bruno San Martino when I, when I think of that, man. And it's, Yes, he had a fantastic life and a fantastic career in wrestling, and we just have to celebrate that and go back. So, everybody, do me a favor and go back and look up some Bruno San Martino matches this weekend and uh, and watch how uh, just amazing that guy yeah. was in pay, the ring. Pay tribute to the legend. I mean, yes, the, the guy absolutely. Is, the guy was absolutely amazing. Uh, in other sad news, oh. I guess sad, um, C- John Cena and Nikki Bella, who last year famously uh, got engaged at WrestleMania Ugh. in a whole big angle where the Miz and Maurice were making fun of how kind of fake and, and put on their relationship was. That part was very entertaining. It was extremely entertaining. Miz and Maurice absolutely got over in part because of that. And yep. they were, they were cheered like crazy at WrestleMania because their bits were so brilliant yep. and they just took apart John in that whole thing. Well, it turns out they were prophetic because this week, John Cena and Nikki Bella have broken off their engagement mere weeks before they were supposed to get married. Uh, we're not going to get two TMZ on this show, but uh, it definitely sounds like it was, mm, I'm not going to say amicable, but mature maybe would be the best way to say it. But uh, yeah, this, mm, this kind of reinforces the idea that that, whole thing was a bit you know john really didn't want to get married and nikki and the wwe frankly for storyline kind of pushed him into it uh and he seemed to be he apparently was the one who really was was balking at the whole thing and i guess nikki was the like i said we don't want to get too tmz on this but the bottom line is they broke up john's single again watch out ladies uh if you Dolph ziggler is very thirsty Dolph ziggler is very excited about this i'm sure um, and I'm, uh, if you guys remember single John Cena from the mid two thousands, uh, the locker room had better be on its guard yeah. is all I'm going to say. Lock up. Kelly, your, Kelly, what? Like lock up your girlfriends, lock up your wives. Yeah. The stallion is loose once more. Oh boy. Uh, and, and can we, can we talk about something else now besides those two, please? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Hey, originally we had thought that, uh, the only, they had announced and advertised and promoted that Backlash was going to be a co-branded pay-per-view, and we had a certain level of uncertainty of whether or not that was just that one pay-per-view or whether was it going to be another Survivor Series in the springtime kind of thing. No. Well, now we know we can confirm uh, that every pay-per-view going forward is going to be co-branded. Yeah, this had been rumored last year that there was that was going to be the case this year, but it had never been confirmed by the WWE. Well, this week, the WWE did indeed confirm that all pay-per-views this year 
will be co-branded. Are they for all going to be 15-hour WrestleMania-esque kind of pay-per-views? How are they going to do this? Well, this is the thing we talked about when we first found out the rumor that this might happen. We said, you know, what is now going to happen with these pay-per-views? A lot of people are going to be left off the card if they don't want to have it be five or six-hour shows. You're going to have a lot of either bigger matches where more people are in the matches, or you're going to have more matches, or you're going to have a ton of your card Getting left off of pay-per-views. I think it's that one. Which, or maybe a combination of all of them. Yeah. I, I personally think this is not the best, mm, not the best decision uh, as far as the the talent is concerned. It's it's definitely worrying, especially once we start talking about the shakeup and where people have gone, uh, how stacked some of these cards are, and how people at the top are going to get a little bit more shine. And some people who before were upper mid card are now going to get pushed down the card a little bit because of the way things are now lining up on these shows. So, uh, yeah. Where do you see all of this laying out? Uh, if we look at, so we got Backlash, Money in the Bank. What are, what are a couple of the other? I mean, Summer Slam's coming up Summer too. Summer Slam, sure, in a few months. But I mean, it's how do we do this? Is it just going to be all title matches now? I, I imagine so. But, you know, that's that the thing is, is like, are all of the feuds just going to be about titles? And if so, who's going to be left out of those? I imagine there'd have to be a bunch of feuds without titles involved because of the number of people that you have on each show and the number of titles. So yeah, we'll have to see going forward, mm. Mm. but I definitely think that there's a lot of disadvantages to having them be uh, co-branded shows. Obviously the advantages is there can be more swerves as far as titles going across shows, uh, inter inter show matches, that sort of thing. Um, I think it might take some of the luster away from survivor series when it does happen. Uh, but that being said, there are a lot of possibilities that could be positive to having co-branded pay-per-views. I just, I think that it might be shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, and one thing I want to discuss right at the top of the, before we get into the superstar shakeup is just the nature of the, uh, co the supposed competition between the two brands. Right, and like in storyline, you're supposed to have these two brands who are competing w between each other for to be the better show or to get better ratings. Or it's not really that well defined, and they haven't done a really good job in storyline of of explaining to us why these shows are competing if they are indeed competing. Other than outside like Survivor Series in November, I mean, I, I don't really ever hear that much about other than the superstars. In or out of kayfabe, I don't really know, but saying, "Oh, we're the best show," or yeah. "They're the B show," or whatever that is, I don't. I don't really know how to how to gauge that because I don't know that I care. Well, this, they haven't given you a real reason to care. They haven't given you the stakes, is what it really comes down Bingo. to. They haven't given you this the the real thing that they're fighting over. Like, which are is they, what TV are they, ratings? Right. Are they fighting over ratings? Are they fighting over just this general idea, ephemeral idea of quality? Uh, what are we? What are they fighting for here? And this was this was kind of the problem last time they had split brands is that they never really defined why we should care that they have two different brands. Um, obviously, there was with the whole superstar shakeup this week. There was a little bit of that hint of who's going to do better at drafting the other people's uh, talent. And you got a little bit of the, oh, we kind of we got one over on Monday Night Raw. Oh, we got one over on SmackDown on this one. What a get but never really the stakes of why that was important. Yeah. So that's something that they really, especially if they're going to have co-branded pay-per-views, they've got to make more clear. You know, I actually was talking to uh, to a friend of the show, uh, a gentleman named Max, who, uh, who's a regular at the bar that we go to. And one of the things he was asking about was, well, why do we care? And I was trying to explain this to him. 
and saying, you know, it's, it's weird because it goes back and forth how much of a competition they're having between the two brands. For instance, back at Survivor Series, SmackDown invaded Raw and beat the crap out of everyone on Raw, faces and heels. Uh, whether you were a face or a heel on SmackDown, you were beating up the faces and heels on Raw. And it was a very weird dynamic to me. And that's something I said was something that confused me at the time. Like, why are the faces on SmackDown acting like heels towards Raw and being vicious and beating them up? And Max actually had a pretty good analogy uh, and he uh, made an analogy to hockey because, of course, to Max, everything is about hockey. Sure. Uh, But that being said, this was a very good analogy. And that was that in hockey, you can have these two guys beating the crap out of each other in hockey and they could go get a beer after the damn thing. It's just business. Yeah. That's just part of the game. Someone, you know, checks you a little too hard. You go and beat him up a little bit. And that's just part of the game. And you, it's expected. It's yeah. not like you have any ill will. There's some guys I, I you do. I like the way you put me into the boards. Yeah, it's, you know, right. Thanks, man. So Sorry I, about that. So taking it from that, if I, if I look at it in that aspect, obviously, we're, I'm kind of stretching this. But yeah. at the same time, like I can, I can say, okay, I, I can see it through that lens. But the problem is, it's not me having, I don't need to find the answers. WWE needs to provide us these answers. And I can't just be sitting here trying to make sense of all of this. Uh, just because they've thrown something at the wall. Okay, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? I, I want them to provide me with the answers so I become more invested. I don't have to spend all this mental energy putting their pieces together for them. I have an interesting different theory about this as well, and it has to do with something that I've been speculating on for almost the entire time we've been doing this show. And it has to do with I see the WWE pulling more and more away from TV. And that's going to come into play when we potentially start, you know, my hope is that down the road we don't have to have an, an uh, expanse, expansive pay-per-view, or I'm sorry, an expansive cable subscription to be able to watch all of the, the types of content. We're eventually going to get it all onto the network. It all kind of starts to glob together. Maybe we go down to one long show. I don't know. All of this can kind of just coalesce eventually. Raw isn't long enough for you already? No, I'm talking about we don't even have two separate shows anymore. Oh, no. They, they absolutely I, would want that. I feel like that this might be a step in that direction. So it's just something to consider, something to think about. Well, it's already hard to keep up on a lot of stuff. They're putting storyline stuff up on YouTube that you know they're not putting anywhere else. And to, so to catch some of the aspects of these storylines, you have to be on YouTube. Now, it's not as hard to follow storyline-wise as, say, New Japan, where you've really yeah. got to be up on all kinds of different media to really catch all the nuance of their storyline. But they're also less... They're less about storyline in, in New Japan. It's more about you know straight-up competition. Uh, WWE, if you really want to get what's going on, you've now really got to have your finger on a lot of different things to be able to 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 see what they're trying to do if they are if they do have a point to some of these some of the best storyline things they do they don't do on TV. Yep. You know, some of the, some of the best things the most rewarding things they're not giving the proper time to and it's almost like an afterthought on YouTube. But anyway, we we digress. We've spent a lot of time on this and there's so much other things to talk about because people were going right and left cross brands this week. But to get into that discussion, we have to talk about Monday Night Raw. Man, I can't believe it's finally here. I remember speculation on this going all the way back to after SummerSlam last year of when we were going to get a superstar shakeup, and we finally got it. And who was going to go where? Yeah. Who should go where? So for the last six, eight months, we've just kind of been sitting around waiting for this. How are things going to change? Were they just getting boring? Is that one of the things that triggered this? Maybe they knew it was coming, so they didn't really spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff. I don't know, but... Man, they unloaded the cannons this week. They unleashed. 
they unleashed the shakeup and there was a, a lot there's a lot of really fun new thing new new aspects to both shows now but enough we digress enough of the the playing beating around the bush we got to get right into monday night raw because that it opened with one of the newest one, one of the first shakeups happened right at the top of raw because out came Jinder Mahal, the new U.S. title holder, he came out to Raw, and apparently now Jinder Mahal experiment continues on Monday Night Raw. And Kurt actually told uh, he he started accosting Kurt about how I I don't I arrived in an SUV and I always get a limo and, a, a, and a motorcade, <laughs> right? And and just well, that's not how we do things here, Jinder. By the way, you're going to be defending your title, your U.S. championship tonight, and here's your opponent. Jeff Hardy. Ah, uh, what? Yeah, that, which by the way, so let me let's let's break this down real quick because first of all, I loved how they presented Jinder Mahal. Yeah, I love how they presented him here. No more are we having the evil foreigner Jinder Mahal. He's just a dick heel. He's an entitled, smarmy, grinning heel. He is exactly where he should be. It plays to his strengths and doesn't have that weird like eh, cultural appropriation nonsense yeah. that they were doing over on SmackDown earlier in the year with a lot of his feuds. This was great. And not only that, the match he had with Jeff Hardy was pretty good too. Yeah. It was a very entertaining match. Gender, I, I'm not going to say gender looked great, but it was, it was entertaining. Decent. It was decent. It was serviceable. Even though he lost and Jeff Hardy is now your new U.S. champion. Oh. Right off the bat. So two things right off the bat. One, we've got the U.S. title on Monday Night Raw now. Okay. Two, uh, Jeff Hardy's your new U.S. champion. Right. So, what? So we, we should clarify. We're going to basically do this show in sequence to what happened this week yes. because it's more exciting that way. But also because more happened with this. Like This wasn't the end of it. This is how the Superstar Shakeup started was, hey, gender's on Raw. Jeff Hardy's your U.S. champ. Later in the week, we found out they now have a rematch at the Greatest Royal Rumble, which will also be a running theme this week because they're building that like crazy. That's going to be WrestleMania on the other side of the world it's, at this point. Well, yes and no. Uh, but So Jeff Hardy is now your U.S. champ. Great. That's how we started Raw. We'll get back to this. Yes. We'll come back to Jeff Hardy, U.S. champ, in a little bit. Uh, on the way out, No Way Jose kind of got in gender's face, so we might have a gendered No Way Jose feud coming up, which to me sounds like No Way Jose is going to start off being a jobber. Uh, an enhancement for young Jinder Mahal, uh, if you will. Bye, but, bye, Jose. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so we'll we'll see what goes on there. Uh, the next thing that that we have to talk about is the fact that two gentlemen that were recently fired from SmackDown and told they would not have a job on Raw have a job on Raw. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are officially hired to Raw. Now, they were hired, apparently, in kayfabe by Stephanie McMahon, who went over Kurt Angle's head and said, you know what? We can't lose these talents. I'm going to hire them because screw you, Kurt. This is, you know, this whole thing that since WrestleMania, they've had beef. Um, how do you feel? Because we were talking last week. At some point, they're going to have to find a way to bring Kevin Owens and Sammy back. And we were worried that they're going to do it in a cheap way. Do you feel like this was a cheap way, or it, did they did they do this well enough for you? It was the only way they could have done it, in my opinion. It's it. Yes, it was a little cheap, but I have to say, I re this was off the back of a Miz TV segment where we saw a lot of stuff happen, and it's hard to just just isolate what the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn bit into this whole big sequence that happened sure so, I, w I want to start with kevin Owens and sammy's and we'll get into what happened to the miz in a second yeah well miz comes out and has miz tv yep says that he had booked kevin owens and sammy Zayn to be guests 
but they're not they're not they would even get a job they couldn't do pull it off last week so they come out to the ring anyway and Miz they, they embrace with the Miz this whole with the Miz Taraji jumping jumping hugs it was adorable uh, I was I was going what's happening what is going on right now I was in that weird kind of place so all of a sudden. Sami Zayn pulls out a letter with some adorable old man reading glasses, by the way, which was just just money, and reads an email from Stephanie McMahon um, to Kurt Angle, who has now come out to say, why are you guys out here? And basically reads this long, beautiful email of how Stephanie has hired them back. Kurt, on the other hand, while they're all having a laugh, announces that he, in retaliation to this move by Stephanie, he is now sending The Miz to SmackDown Live. Yes, because Daniel Bryan had requested it, which, of course, if you all remember, while Daniel Bryan was injured and no one thought he'd ever wrestle again, uh, Miz had the brilliant Talking Smack promo, one of, in my opinion, one of the greatest promos of all time. Yep. Um, definitely, definitely in the argument for top 10, top 20, greatest promos of all time. And basically told Daniel Bryan, if you really want to wrestle again, quit WWE, screw you, go back to your bingo halls. And so there has been that expectation of beef between the two. And one of the first people people talked about as having a feud with Daniel Bryan once he came back was The Miz to settle that beef. So this, and Daniel Bryan even tweeted, superstar shakeup, Miz is coming to SmackDown. I can't wait to punch his face. Hashtag punch him in the face. Uh, So Kurt basically sends Miz off to die (laughs) at the hands of Daniel Bryan on SmackDown in retaliation for Stephanie hiring uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. One other thing of note here is that in response to this, The Miz told Kurt Angle, well, The Miz Taraz will run rampant on whether we're on Raw or on SmackDown Live. Oh, no, Miz. They're not going. Miz Taraz stays. You're going alone, You're going. So here's the thing. So now we have Jinder Mahal, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, all on Raw, and Miz over on SmackDown. First of all, I like Jinder on Raw. I think I like him better than I do on SmackDown. Raw, Raw needs a good smarmy heel, and Jinder will be a good replacement for The Miz, who will do really well on SmackDown. He's got a lot of stuff he can do over there. They need that over Kevin there. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have run after the Jesus Christ, the long, long, long feud with Shane McMahon. There was nothing more they could do on SmackDown that was done. I look forward to seeing what they can do on Raw uh, with this kind of new look, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, this, this smarmy heel, uh, also smarmy heel, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on Monday Night Raw, just disrupting everything. Yep. I think all of these were really good moves. I like everything so far. Uh, and, and just to put the capper on this, we ended up having a goodbye Miz five-on-five tag match at the end of Raw, which ends up being the Miz and the Miz Taraj and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, and a mystery partner, which wasn't revealed until the match, and the mystery partner turned out to be Glorious Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode is now on Bobby Raw. Bobby Roode is now on Raw, which I'm to be honest, I'm a little bit on the fence about. Yep. For one thing, he's still bland face Bobby Roode, which I'm not a big fan of at this point. I think that it's it's starting to wind down and people are starting to get a little bored of it. Because Bobby Roode came out and it should have been a big entrance, but the audience was kind of like, All right, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. it was because they had seen so many other uh, new people on Raw at that point, or maybe because they really are starting to get burned out on Bobby Roode as a face, but they were not as hyped as you would have expected. But that, that being said, Bobby's on Raw. Yes, but I agree with you. I think he needs a solid 
I need alignment with whether it's Kevin Owens and Sammy or gender or corporate or something. I need to see him in a suit being a heel dick. That's Bobby Roode to me, and I want to see that character again. And especially because, let's face it, uh, he is he's older than me and you. Yeah. All right? And he is in fant- he's a fantastic physical specimen. The guy's in incredible shape. But I can't help but think he doesn't have a ton of time left. And he is inarguably far better as a heel, especially with the persona that they'd set up for him. I was shocked when they initially brought him up as a face. Me too. Uh, but I remember we talked about that heavily. Yeah. And I, I want to say, like, God, you know, don't take too long. Get that guy as a heel on Monday Night Raw. And, and please, because I don't think there's that much more room for kind of generic baby faces, which at this point is what he is, you know? So anyway, that was a, that was a fun match. Miz Taraj ends up betraying the Miz and leaving him to the, uh, the hands of Braun Strowman, who sends Miz off with a good crushing. Uh, aside from that, this was kind of a nothing five on five tag match. Yep. They're, they're, they're basically, they know we've got to get through this week before we start any really big feuds. This is just a way to say, look at all these guys that we have on Monday night raw. whoop de doo Bobby Lashley is friggin' huge. I'm just going to put that in there as a little stinger at the end. Good Absolutely. God, that man is big. Yeah, he's he's Black Lesnar. <laughs> Only he's in far better oh, shape. Oh, God. And he'll actually wrestle every week on TV for you. And in, and in addition, he's in a lot better shape. I mean, Lesnar is far better than Lesnar, in my opinion, right oh, yeah. now. I'm, I'm way more hyped about him. Uh, but speaking of call-ups that were a different alignment than we thought that they would be, we have to talk about something else that happened. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has come to Raw. Eh, and and nobody gave a shit. That was my thought as well at first. Because Dolph Ziggler has this, I don't give a shit about you because you don't give a shit about me thing going, which is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. I feel like it's backfiring on him, though, because I don't give a shit about him. Right, that's what I'm saying. I used to love Dolph Ziggler. He's saying, you guys don't give a shit about me, so I don't give a shit about you. And it's it's like, yeah, now we don't give a shit about you, Now we really don't. We really don't. And it's too bad because he's super talented. But this whole thing isn't working for him and uh titus worldwide came out as soon as dolph was talking they interrupted him and said yo hey now that you're on raw do you want to join titus worldwide and dolph's way of saying no might have been the most exciting thing about this segment because his way of saying no was to introduce the diesel to his Shawn michaels and that is the now on raw the called up from nxt drew mcintyre yes what Yes. Heel, yes. heel, I might, I, I must add, heel, Drew McIntyre. I did not see, I saw Drew coming up. I saw him being a big deal. I did not see him coming up as a, as a heel. I was shocked by this. Uh, and not all, that being said, the more I thought about it, as I just called out the Shawn Michaels diesel comparison, which is, it's hard to, to look around that, yeah. you know, enormous dark haired guy small guy with blonde hair who oversells way too much. It's hard to not see the comparison. But now I'm excited about what Ziggler's going to do. Are these guys going to be a tag team? Is McIntyre going to be Ziggler's enforcer? Is like, 3MB going to get back together because gender's on Raw now, I, too? Now we have Slater, and, and well, actually, you can get the social outcast back together, too. Yes. You've got everybody. Um, uh, it, it's, it's, the possibilities are endless. Yes. This is going to be good. Please, uh, no, I, no, please don't know 3MB. Please, God, no. <laughs> I, that's what I thought of immediately when I saw Drew McIntyre. Is Slater and Jinder going to walk out behind him onto the ramp? I would have marked the, the hell out. <laughs> well, I, what I was thinking was, why does everyone who's called up from NXT have to be involved somehow with Dolph Ziggler? Uh, well, every, like, 
he's just like the gatekeeper for NXT now. I know this has been oversaid to death, but it's come on. Here we go again with an NXT guy getting called up and it's Dolph Ziggler. Uh, another quick note. Looks like Apollo is now officially Apollo Cruz again. He has his last name back. Thank goodness. So I'm, I'm, that's one thing but I took away from this segment that I was very happy about. But I'm also very curious to see what happens with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. I think bringing him up as a heel in a tag situation with Ziggler is the worst possible thing you could have done with Drew really? McIntyre. Really? I think, oh, I think it could have been way worse. Uh, he looked. He got a hero's welcome. He looked great. I, I, I'm interested now. I wanted big, boisterous bagpipes. Yeah. Just, uh, he needs... A big entrance. I'll agree. And coming in on the heel of Dolph Ziggler is... I, it could have been better. There's definitely other ways. I would have rather they called up Drew McIntyre, but I'm intrigued by this. I'm in very intrigued by this, so I'm curious to see where it goes. Well, hey, next up we have the saga between Bailey and Sasha continues. Sort um, of. Kind of. In a way, not really, but it's it's there. Well, we had what we thought was going to be a blow off match, which I have to say it started it started off very middling for what was supposed to be a blow off match yeah. between the two of them. Luckily, it didn't come to any kind of conclusion because they got interrupted by the Riot Squad. Welcome to Raw White Riot Squad. Welcome to Raw Wyatt Squad. Uh oh, we're gonna get more. We're gonna get more Elmer, more Fudd, Elmer Fudd, Fudd today. More Elmer Fudd's gonna happen later on NXT. Yes, but uh, no. Welcome to Raw Riot Squad. Liv Morgan. Uh, Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot now members of Raw. I can't help but think. I think obviously they came in, they beat down Sasha and Bailey. No contest matched. Their way of showing up. I can't help but think that this is now Raw saying, "Hey, we wanted to. We had these things we wanted to do with uh, Paige and Absolution, but we couldn't get them done because Paige got injured. So now we need another the the basically the the B show version of Absolution." which is what we were calling out for the last however long it's been yeah. that that you know the riot squad has been this terrible knockoff absolution following in their footsteps almost 24 hours removed from what absolution would do on Monday Night Raw they do the same thing on SmackDown well now they're on Raw and I can't help but think they're going to get slotted into the plans that they had for Absolution in the first place. Well, as soon as Paige, well, I think Riot Squad fits on Raw better overall. I think Absolution really? would have been a better thing over on SmackDown. So that said, the minute Paige showed up as GM and I knew that we had the Superstar Shakeup coming in a, in a week or two, I kind of started twirling my mustache, going, "Huh, Absolution in bed with corporate somehow on SmackDown Live with a heel GM as Paige." Well, we should we should point that out that Absolution did end up getting pulled I think to SmackDown. That we'll, should be part of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that when we get to SmackDown. But 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 yeah, I think Riot Squad fits in better over here, and having the two other members of Absolution involved in a corporate way with in bed with Paige, so to speak, yeah. uh, is going to work out really well, well. We'll discuss that possibility more on SmackDown, but one thing I wanted to say here is that, okay, maybe this would be a better fit on Raw, but they've really got to do a better job of building these girls because right now, nothing about them, it, like Absolution was better off from the start because you had the legitimacy of Paige, you had a more intimidating entrance, they built them better as being women who could beat up the top faces on Raw, Riot Squad got steamrolled all the time on SmackDown. They looked like goofballs. Yep. And their entrance theme is probably CFO Money Signer, however you pronounce them. The CFOs. CFOs, whatever. It's one of their worst songs they've ever done. And the, nothing about their presentation is intimidating to me. So they're going to have to do some work on the Riot Squad on Raw to make me believe that they're actual threats. So And maybe it'll work out for them. They're on Raw now. We'll see what happens. 
Uh, speaking of Absolution, we did have some business going on. Natalia has now come to Raw. And she's now apparently face-ish because she's hanging out with Ronda Rousey. In real life, they are good friends, Ronda Rousey and Natalia. Natalia is taking Ronda under her wing and training her. So this is kind of based off, this is a kayfabe built off of reality. Uh, And Natalia ended up having a match versus Mandy Rose. Well, that ended up uh, being uh, back and forth. And uh, Natalia ends up winning with the uh, sharpshooter. But then DeVille gets involved. Ronda comes out for the save. And Ronda and DeVille square off at the end of this. Now, this is interesting because Sonya DeVille has been built up until now as the MMA chick, right? That's her That's her gimmick. And in real life, she has done MMA, but not really in any major sense. Right. She can make it look convincing, but Ronda Rousey is one of the greatest MMA fighters, female MMA fighters in the world. Whatever you think of, like, people are kvetching about her striking, people are kvetching about her, some of her matches. She's one of the best in the world, period, hard stop. There is no discussion. Yep. She's one of the best. So she beats the crap out of Sonya Deville. And oh, looks, those strikes were fast. And looks convincing doing it. This is yeah. the thing. Her strikes, people always talked about her strikes not being that great in the world of MMA. Sure, maybe she's not one of the top 10 strikers in the world. That still puts her a hun- hundreds of people above the average pro wrestler. Yes. So her strikes look like a million bucks in the ring. And her takedown does too. You know, she ends up taking down Sonya Deville with a, with like a judo clothesline thing. It was uh, it was pretty cool. It, I was, it was like an Osotogari, like a uh, like an STO. Yeah. You know, where she sweeps the leg while leg giving sweep, her clothesline. Clothesline, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I look forward. I I would look. I would say I would look forward more to more Sonya Deville and Ronda Rousey interaction. But Sonya got shipped off to SmackDown. This is her way out. And it looks like we will see some some Ronda Rousey and Natalia tagging going forward. Natalia came over to train her. Probably, yeah. Natalia is known behind the scenes as the girl that works out with everybody uh, in the ring at the Performance Center and all of that stuff. They all they all live right there in Tampa and Orlando. So she's the one that the, she's the steady, old, reliable that is always willing to train and always willing to teach the up and comers. She's become that mentor and role model in the ladies locker room. And I think that this is an opportunity with all of this new NXT talent coming up, especially on the women's division within raw. It's a smart move to bring Natalia over to have her work with them to develop them. Sure. And whether that's, you know, the NXT talent or whether it's Ronda Rousey who needs to sure. be, has her, have her boat shifted into WWE pro wrestling territory from legit shoot fighting. Uh, and presentation, everything about it, like fantastic idea. Get Rousey with Natalia, t- show her the ropes. And you really, they talk about it on the show a lot, but it, it, is, it bears repeating. Natalia was trained in the dungeon by Stu Hart. Or, I don't know if it's Stu Hart specifically, but her dad uh, and, and, and Jimmy Neidhart. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, yep. Jim Neidhart. And if you come out of the dungeon, Stu Hart's dungeon, you are legit, period, full stop. So looking forward to seeing what she does with Ronda Rousey. Uh, other quick news. You may not have seen this. Cause I think you watched the Hulu version, if I am correct. Nope. Well, I, went, I did watch the live did you watch version the full of Roth. One? I want to say thank you to everybody that was live tweeting with me on Monday night. That was a lot of fun. So thank you. So you did see what I feel is the upset of the week, <laughs> which is the surprise addition to Raw of the Fashion Files. Breezango is now on Monday Night Raw. And not only are they on Monday Night Raw, they issued a fashion ticket to the bar which ends up in a match, which ends up with 
Brizongo going over the bar. Yes. They beat the bar. And Fandango air humping, tr- acting like he was going to fall and trying to balance and catch himself. And it just kind of naturally migrates into him air humping right over the top of Seamus. I mean, that's Brilliant. been a gimmick of his for a while. He, but, it's, but it's fun every time. I love it. It's fun every time. Uh, here's the thing. The bar has not been afraid to put over lower tag teams before. Titus Worldwide had their number for however long. Like, I don't really rate this that much. I think it was a way to get Brizongo some some extra energy on Raw coming in. Uh, but it was definitely a surprise. I, they're not known for winning matches, Brizongo. By the way, I wanted to go back to what we were talking about previously uh, and just make a little note here for everybody. I'm still waiting on Ronda Rousey to have a legitimate wrestling match with another uh, female superstar. Just wanted to put that little asterisk in there. I thought we might get it this week. We still didn't get it this week. Yeah, I mean, the question is, it's still out there whether she can work a match story-wise that's not extensively rehearsed. As yep. it seemed like the mixed tag at WrestleMania was, it felt like it had been rehearsed to, rehearsed to death. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if she can work a match, well, so we'll did see. this, by the way. So, I mean, it, anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. There's no need to break it down. It's just I, I forgot to say that before. I'm, I'm, I will let everybody know when I'm there. I expect to be there eventually. I hope to at least. I'm not there yet. I'm still not there. I want to. Sure. I need to see her in a match. Absolutely. As we Come on, all do. WWE. As we all do. But you know what? I, I am still very hopeful. I have not been. I, I'm not terrified yet. I, th- I think that okay. all signs, all signs are good right now. Ship looks like looks to be heading in the right direction as far as Rousey's concerned, in my opinion. Uh, before we get out of the part of Raw that was all about the superstar shakeup, there were some other additions that were announced through video packages or online, not even on the show. Um, people that were announced in video packages or even just in little uh, plates on the show. Baron Corbin is now on Raw because uh, he was going nowhere on SmackDown. And that could either be a good thing or he could get lost in what is now going to be a stacked heel division on Raw. Zack Ryder and Mojo Raleigh are both coming over to Raw, which if you had told me one of them was coming, I would have been excited for them. The fact that they're both now on Raw, I mean, are we? Are they done feuding yet? The nope. fact that they're both together on the show, it means there's going to be some sort of interaction I mean, where are they going to go with them? I don't know. I'm scared that they're going to turn it into a reconciliation and some kind of tag set up again. That's my fear. They just don't have time to do another feud on a different brand between Zack Ryder and, and Mojo Rawley well, now. And, and let's face it, Zack Ryder has been circling the drain for a while. He's done nothing, and I would love to see him do more. Yeah. Mojo Rawley looked like he had the rocket strapped to him for a while, and then pff, never happened. Fizzled nothing out. happened. Uh, so we, I don't even know if they're, they have plans for him on raw, what they're thinking. Uh, and I mean, the same goes for Corbin. I have no idea he's going to sink or swim big time on raw. Uh, someone else who was announced for raw, who has been, I mean, out for a while for legit reasons yeah. was Mike, Be- uh, Canellis. Congratulations to him and Maria on their, their new baby, their new baby. Congratulations to him for getting clean. Yes. And really kind of overcoming a lot of demons. Hopefully they have something for him coming up. That's not him becoming the new Kurt Hawkins or, yeah. you know, him, him and Kurt Hawkins teaming up to be the job squad. I believe you refer to it as enhancement. <laughs> Even that might be a compliment at this point. Yeah. Speaking of enhancement, the Ascension also got announced to be coming Yay. over to Monday Night Raw, possibly because just because of their connection with Brizongo and they can continue skits over there. I, you know, God, I hope so. Well, because the tag division is now starting to look more stacked on Raw, but at the same time, it's still so damaged and beat up. They, they've got to do some work on it. Uh, we'll talk about it actually coming up next, but before we get to the tag division on raw, Chad Gable also coming over to raw solo. 
Without Shelton Benjamin. Leaving Shelton Benjamin behind, coming over to Raw. It'll be interesting to see if what they do when Jason Jordan comes back from injury, if there's any kind of interaction between the two of them, if they're planning on reforming American Alpha and they're just going to drop the whole Kurt Angle's son storyline or what the deal is there, or if we might finally get Chad Gable on his own in a singles career. We do have some more to talk about on that side of things uh, with regards to Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable on SmackDown when we get there. But Ian, I, I just kind of want to pause here for a second now that we're done with all the, the shakeup stuff. What are your overall thoughts? Not Let's pretend you haven't seen SmackDown yet. At the end of Raw... Where I was ha- I at? I have to admit, I was sitting there going... Oh, okay. SmackDown just got gutted, and it was basically what I thought. I was like, wow, they gutted SmackDown. But I was also like, wow, they took a lot of SmackDown's dead weight. People who Bingo. weren't doing much on SmackDown. I thought they ingested a lot of SmackDown's. They did, like SmackDown trimmed the fat and sent it to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that was definitely what I thought was, wow, SmackDown's roster is incredibly, incredibly depleted. But at the same time, there's no one on, except for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, I would say, and and arguably Jinder Mahal, uh, there was no one I thought who came to Raw that really had anything strong going on on SmackDown Live. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, as I said, that feud was done. Like, they are done on SmackDown. There's nothing more for them to do. Uh, Jinder, I thought, could have done more as well. But at the same time, I see a, I see a much, being a much stronger presence on Raw. There's more for him to do over there. But aside from that, I was like... A lot of these guys are going to become enhancement or really are going to sink or swim, and it's going to happen real quick. Yeah, congratulations. All you guys that used to have like jobs on SmackDown, now you're getting thrown into the deep end. Welcome me, to Monday Night Raw. Actually, looking down the list here, I have to say Natalia actually was a good move to Raw. I agree with that. That was a strong one. But uh, I think she's going to be stronger. With it. Everybody else, though, I'm really like... I got my fingers crossed for him, but it ain't looking pretty. How did you feel about everything? Um, at the like I said, for the most part, I I feel like that SmackDown Live all of a sudden became a really lean, clean cut show of wrestlers after the at the end of Monday Night Raw. When I saw who was pulled away, it was like, hmm, yeah, they just trimmed all the fat. And while I really enjoyed Raw, I thought it was a really solid Raw. Was one, I enjoyed it more than most of the Raws in the in re- recent weeks. But I, man, I'm looking at who's left on SmackDown Live, and it's all of the guys that can work and a match like nobody's business. And like you said, uh, outside of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, there's nobody that left SmackDown that I'm mad about. And it feels like maybe they just shifted them over because, <laughs> well, they've, got, because they've got three hours to work with instead yeah. of an hour and a half. So I. I don't know. A lot of people who might do better from having extra time on TV, even though they will get cut out of the Hulu edition. My big hopes out of the shakeup for Raw is that they develop a really solid uh, tag division. Everything else is already kind of there. It just, man, that thing, it's dead, and it needs a full reboot. You, I don't know, man. They've got a lot of people who I think are on their way to Enhancementville on Raw now, and, and I agree. The tag division needs a complete overhaul, which leads us to the tag team tournament that continued to go on this week. We had, I guess you could call them the finalists. I, so I was confused. Last week, I thought Authors of Pain debuted in the tag tournament, and they, were, they had moved on to the next round. I was so did wrong. I. I was wrong. Apparently... This week, we got the finals of the tag tournament, which was Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, who are now kind of going as the deleters of worlds, which, oh. is a, which is a fun pun, I guess. Not really. When I heard Corey <laughs> Graves say that, I was just like, oh, no. Of course. Hey, it's better than Wyatt and Hardy, which just doesn't really roll off the tongue. But they had a match against the, uh, the, also the guys that went, over, went forward in the tournament last week, the Revival, 
The Revival looked like crap here. They just got destroyed by Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Matt Hardy can barely walk anymore, and he still got to beat the crap out of these boys. We know the Revival can work, and we were worried that they were going to end up being this way on Raw, and here we are. Yep, Here we are with a tag division that looks like a bunch of goons, and Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt all of a sudden just dominating everybody. The only bright spot, in my opinion, is Authors of Pain, uh, as you may have, have have gathered from what I was just saying about Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, yes, they beat the Revival. Yes, they go forward to face the bar for the, the Raw Tag Team belts uh, in Jeddah at the Greatest Royal Rumble. We also had a match with Authors of Pain against Slater and Rhino again. Authors of Pain, of course, destroy Slater and Rhino. They still look dominant. So right now, really, the only positive tag teams we have on Raw are Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, Authors of Pain, and The Bar... Uh, the bar we'll get into a little bit later. Okay. The tag team division on Raw is, it's still a big mess. Yeah, it is. It's a big mess. And they're going to really have to do something strong. I don't know if Ziggler and McIntyre are the answer because, oh God, again, no. you've got two singles guys teaming up to make all of these tag teams look like crap. I agree. I Like I said, I want the tag division to be the number one priority post shakeup for Monday Night Raw because it really needs it. Hey, uh, t- towards the end of Raw here, what's some? let's go over some other notable stuff. Uh, Roman Reigns got booed out of the building again. Uh, man, they just cannot Woof. find it with this guy. And this was in this was in Raw, and this was in WWE's hometown. Yep. By Hartford, the way, Connecticut. Oof. Yep. And he, they just, they just did not, they did not buy what he was selling, and what he was selling was the same thing he's been selling since before WrestleMania, which is, hey guys, Brock Lesnar's not here, but I am. Congratulations, dude! You want a prize? Like, they, God, they got to find a new angle for this. And the only answer they had for this was Samoa Joe coming out. Uh, because he's got a match with with Reigns at Backlash, but he's also apparently putting over Brock Lesnar and his match. He's doing double duty here, being the heater for two matches. But he, he the first thing he said because was, he's that effing good. Because he's that's that, why. <laughs> yep. Uh, good God, he roasted Roman Reigns here. He did roast him here, and he had some, actually I thought some very salient points, which were basically what we were just saying is like you can't keep bitching about Lesnar if you keep losing to him. Yep. You can't keep saying. All of these things, if you keep not getting the job done, if you keep not getting the job done, maybe you're not the man for the job. Maybe, maybe how about that? You can keep continue to bitch and moan about Lesnar not showing up. But here's the thing. Lesnar gets the job done, which is why I mean, the problem is Joe's right. And the only response Roman had for that was, hey, Joe, you're a lazy fat ass. I don't. Which, by the way, that doesn't really that doesn't really ring true because Joe, yeah, he's not doesn't have abs, but he'll kill you. Yes, he will. And he, and Joe is really good at putting out the feeling like he will kill you. I've tr- I'm more scared of Joe than I am of Joe Anoa'i. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, Roman has run out of things to say. That's my view. Well, creative has run out of things to put in Roman's mouth. Fine, but at a certain point, the guy you have to step up and be able to you know, be creative yourself and go off script and talk about things because these guys like Samoa Joe that can do that stuff really well are going to take you somewhere where the only thing you can do is rely on cheap shit like you're a lazy fat ass. Well, but here's the thing is, you know, people are writing this script. People are writing Roman's point and Joe's counterpoint. If you write them in this way where Roman comes out and says XYZ and Joe comes out and says XYZ and Joe's XYZ rings more true than Roman Reigns's, you have screwed up as a writer. You have, you have made the heels point for him. And that is not what they should have done here. They should have made it so that Roman made a good point 
And Joe came out and made a point that we don't believe in, but that he's trying to put over. And they did the opposite. They did the opposite of that. Yep. Uh, and Joe comes across as convincing no matter what because he's that damn good. And Roman comes across as entitled. And the worst thing you can do is steer his character into that entitlement, which, which is what they did here. This was, this was not well thought out, this segment. And the audience crapped all over Reigns, cheered Joe. Joe looked like he was going to get in the ring and fight Roman and then was, you know, be backed off. Typical heel thing. No, no, you're going to fight on my time at Backlash, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, even though Joe backed off, Roman still looked worse for it, yeah. in my opinion. Hashtag bored with Roman Reigns. <laughs> I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. But you know what I'm not bored with is Ember Moon. Speaking of looking legit. I want to talk about Mickey James here. Oh, really? Oh, uh, Mickey James selling the Eclipse like nobody has ever sold the Eclipse before. So let's set the table. Wow. Let's set the table. Ember Moon, Mickey James have a match. Uh, Ember's first full match as a solo uh, solo wrestler on so, solo superstar. She's if been you here will. two weeks and she's already had matches. Where's Ronda Rousey? Oh, for crying out I'm loud! I'm just saying. Ember's also been wrestling way longer than Ronda Rousey and was I'm an NXT saying. champ. Just saying Probably myself. Paid ten times sir. less than Ronda Rousey. Yes. Well, she also doesn't have the pedigree that Ronda does, <laughs> being one of the best women fighters in the world. Now, calm down. Back to the match. Uh, yes, this was basically just Ember's Ember's. Coming out party. Hey, I'm on Raw. I'm going to murder Mickey James because that's what Mickey James is here for. Yep. Uh, there was a little side plot going on with Nia Jax at commentary and Alexa Bliss supposed to be on commentary, but not because now she thinks that Nia, quote unquote, is the bully. So it looks like Nia and Alexa are still working on some business uh, and Ember's involved because Mickey is Alexa's friend, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line, Ember squashes Mickey. And as you said, let's call out probably one of the greatest Eclipse cells of all time mickey james taking the eclipse and ha- basically flipping over ember as she's taking the stunner move and basically looking like her head got ripped off yes by it. absolutely brilliant. limbs flailing around everywhere does a flip in midair and just it's beautiful it was if, sad if you have not seen that there, yeah there's a gif on just about every twitter account wrestle of a wrestling fan out there of that move being done over and over and over again yeah it's and it was sad because the audience was not terribly into this match they were a little quiet and i, I don't would, blame them i would have thought that more people would have popped for this cell because i popped like crazy for it i was like oh god she did she did <laughs> by god they've killed her they've killed her uh so that so it looks like we've got some some interesting things happening happening in the women's division on Raw. I'm more excited for the women's division on Raw now. I think that they took a step in the right direction. Yes, definitely uh, over there. Uh, someone else who I feel is not really going in any direction at all is Elias. We had a very small Elias segment where he he mispronounced Renee's name. Uh, stealing Y2J's gimmick of calling the uh, the interviewer by the wrong name, which you know you could steal from the best. Yeah, always steal from the best. But I, uh, yeah, it's. I think this is another. Th- like you, you said you liked Raw this week. I kind of felt like a lot of Raw was unable to go anywhere because they couldn't build anything until everything settles down. That I agree with. This this was not a Raw where I expected to get a lot of wrestling matches. I expected a lot of soap opera drama stuff and surprise shows of, of all of that's what this week was for me and i thoroughly enjoyed all of the the pops and surprises yeah. of the people coming over to raw i expected a lot of like surprise surprise yeah. and i definitely got that but i'll tell you what i didn't get it as much as i got over on smackdown live Well, a mere 24 hours after Monday Night Raw, the shakeup continued over on SmackDown Live. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, boy. It's, it, it continued indeed, and it definitely swerved me on quite a few things. 
Uh, in hindsight, this first thing we're going to talk about feels a little arbitrary, but uh, you know what? I'm excited about it, so I don't care. Which thing are you referring I'm to? I'm referring to the fact that not only is Shelton Benjamin now a singles competitor, which was great. The audience didn't give a crap, but I love me some Shelton Benjamin. And he's now a singles guy again, came out, cut a promo and said, hey, screw Chad Gable. I'm on my own now. Uh, who's who's going to come and give me some competition? And who did he get but Randy Orton, who comes out and uh, looks like he's going to get in the ring, but gets interrupted by Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Hardy. Okay, Wait, so, what? So we, we <laughs> said back when we were talking about Raw that there was more to this whole Jinder Mahal, Jeff Hardy thing. And that is because Jeff Hardy won the title, won the U.S. title off of Jinder Mahal on Monday Night Raw in order to bring it back to SmackDown, which... We're going to have a whole discussion, like break down what we think about the the overall shakeup here. But I'm sorry, that makes Kurt look like an idiot. He gives one of his competitors a, a title shot on Raw, and that competitor goes, thanks, Kurt, bye, and heads on over to SmackDown Live. Now, obviously, outside of kayfabe, makes a ton of sense. You keep the U.S. title on SmackDown. You get Jeff Hardy over on SmackDown. It looks like, based on the fact that he interrupted Randy Orton, we're, we're going to get another program with Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. If you remember some of their previous programs, these guys are great together. I'm not mad at that at all. I was watching this match and going, wait, I'm watching Shelton Benjamin and Jeff Hardy. Is it 2004? <laughs> Well, I'm watching these two guys wrestle again. But you know what? Uh, Jeff has maybe lost a step, but he's... Oh, no, he hasn't. He's he's, fine. he's lost this. He's lost this. He's 40-something. He might, I think he's just 40. But there's no way you can work his style at his age and not lose a step. But he's still fine. He still can kick ass. Uh, he and Shelton had a fine match. It was, you know, it was Jeff Hardy debuting on SmackDown, beating Shelton. I'm glad Shelton is a singles guy now. Yes. I'm looking forward to a lot of the matches he can have with the other singles guy on, guys on SmackDown. I'm looking forward to Jeff versus Randy, which looks to be the feud going forward. Randy continues to hunt for the U.S. title. All right, SmackDown, so far, so good. I have some other... You guys know how I get a little bit crazy speculatory kind of things every now and then. The minute I saw... Jinder Mahal, yeah, maybe. Uh, the minute I saw Jinder Mahal show up with the U.S. title, I went, bang. Miz is going, and Intercontinental title is going to SmackDown. Oops. I thought uh, Seth Rollins was going over there, and Miz was going to go over there. Turns out, Miz is just going by himself because no Seth Rollins. So the interesting part of this for me is Miz is going to have to go a full year, potentially, unless a cross-branded pay-per-view comes into the picture without getting those intercontinental title reigns we've been harping on for the last few months. I saw it speculated online that uh, they might, like if Miz, if we go until October uh, and Miz wins it, wins the intercontinental belt in early October, that he potentially could break Pedro Morales' record somewhere around SmackDown 1000. Mm, uh, so cool. if, they're, if they're thinking about switching the belt over to SmackDown, we've got, a, we've got some time. Yeah. Before they would do that to to possibly you know have this Miz coronation inauguration whatever you want to call it over on on SmackDown so that's again total speculation pie in the sky but uh, that's that's a possibility that would be that would be kind of cool uh, something else that was really cool on SmackDown we had the return I guess of Sin Cara he was in the under the giant battle royale uh, at WrestleMania and he did sign that big contract earlier in the year he did um, so before I, he got injured I was wondering where he had been but yeah. So I, that's not the exciting part about this. I, that's that's kind of middling exciting. The oh, exciting this, part this, was this poor bastard because his opponent for the match the match tonight was none other than SmackDown's newest 
acquirance, Samoa Joe. What? I thought he was in a program with Roman Reigns. What? This I just, where'd my Samoan feud go? Damn it! Well, they're still going to have a match at Backlash, yeah. but by God, that's a good acquisition for SmackDown. Well, I want to this... lay this out. Ooh. AJ Styles, mm-hmm. The Miz, mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. Uh, Nakamura, Nakamura, Daniel all, Bryan, Daniel Bryan, all yeah. on SmackDown. Oh, and we're not done yet, what? my friend. That's just where we're at right now. Yeah. We have more to talk about, and then we'll wrap this all up. Let's get through the rest. Yeah. So we got, okay, Samoa Joe on SmackDown, murders Sin Cara. Moving on. We had Carmella's celebration, where she uh, had a nice little celebration for herself about her, her new uh, acquisition of the SmackDown Women's Championship. What I liked about this was 90% of it was her putting herself over yes. and doing a very good job of it. I She's, really enjoyed it. She, she, I agree with her. So did Corey Graves. Mella is money. Yes. I agree with her wholeheartedly. I agree with Corey Graves as well. Uh, love me some Corey Graves. Man is having more and more killer one-liners every week. I swear to God. Shut up, Saxton. Um, uh, and here, I liked the. F- I was actually starting to write in my notes that WWE was erasing Ellsworth for history from history and that they might have actually fired Ellsworth because when Carmella won the title, they didn't want anyone being reminded that he that the whole thing that happened last year at Money in the Bank where technically Ellsworth was the guy who unhooked the briefcase the first time and a man was the one who won the women's money in the bank for the first woman, which they immediately corrected that Tuesday after the, the pay-per-view. But I was like, you know, maybe they, they don't want to have Carmella's uh, winning the women's title affected by Ellsworth in any way. But then they did reference Ellsworth at one point, and it was like Carmella was trying to erase him from history. Uh, so that ended up coming back around. I went, okay, cool. As long as they still acknowledge the whole Ellsworth thing, I'm not mad at it. Yep. This whole this whole thing was fun. Carmella is going to be a great heel champ. Uh, a la Alexa Bliss on, was on Raw, but I think maybe a little bit more fun. I agree with that. I think she's going to be a lot more fun. She's got to stop the screaming thing, though. That's, oh, that's, that's fantastic. Little, uh, yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah. It's just, you're still like, shut up. Ugh. I think this is interest, an interesting place to be in. I think it is very akin, I'm glad you said that, to Alexa Bliss over on Raw, how she has held it for so long. It was just always that kind of chicken shit heel that got out of stuff constantly. I think we're going to see a lot of the same out of out of Carmella here. In a positive way. I think she'll yes. put her own spin on it yeah. so that it won't be too reminiscent. I'd like to hope so, especially because we do have some other aspects to this whole thing. Charlotte came out and interrupted the celebration and looked like she was going to get in and beat the, the crap out of Carmella. But the Iconics, the I-Iconics, because I didn't realize last week, but yeah, apparently they're spelling it with two I's up front. I-I-C-O-N-I-C-S. Great. Uh, the I Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay come out to once again threaten Charlotte. We end up having a match between Billy Kay and Charlotte, ended up in a beatdown, uh, which and which leads us to our next big shock. Because who should come out to make the save? Becky Lynch comes out first to to even the odds. But then who comes out at the very end of this whole thing to form a new trifecta team? Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka. Holy crap. What? What? I was shocked by this because I kind of felt like they would keep Asuka and Charlotte away from each other. But I guess now that Asuka's streak has been broken, they're feeling a little bit looser about what they can do with her. It's my assumption. Um, but not I like but, having her in their corner as just the stone cold killer. 
while they do all the promos and stuff like that, that's better. I like she's the rabid dog in the corner that's just waiting to get turned loose. I, I think she's people. the rabid dog in the corner who's waiting to turn heel. In my opinion, uh, <laughs> that, <too. laughs> that that is that is my sense. I, who knows how long it's going to be? Because, but that being said, there's a lot of heels heel women on SmackDown right now. You got Carmella. You've got. Uh, as we said earlier, Absolution has come over. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, the Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Uh, technically, Tamina is still out there. Lana is still out there. Uh, and the only faces you still have on Raw are Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Naomi. Yeah. And now Asuka. So mm, there's... Uh, where's Naomi fit into all this would be a question that I have now that you've rattled all that off. Well, that's interesting. We'll get to that in a second because we did have Naomi show up on this show, but we'll get into that. I think Naomi might be out of the women's picture for a little bit because she'll be dealing with other things okay. is, my, is my thought. But she could get plugged back in at any time. But uh, honestly, with the women's roster they have right now, I see a lot of interesting, very well-wrestled feuds, much the same way that I see it with the men's division. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of the men's, we got the debut of The Miz, except he wasn't actually on SmackDown. He did one of those silly video things from his home in Los Angeles. Yeah, we saw a lot of the SmackDown style, if you will, the Smack, like where they do the uh, the selfie videos for yeah. their promos, and they have the the stupid, stupid words popping up on the screen, the the After Effects words popping up on the screen while they ha- cut their promos, which I freaking hate, and I cannot wait for them to be done with because it's awful. Stop it, SmackDown. You're embarrassing yourself. But that being said, the Miz cut himself a selfie promo here in L.A., and once again, Miz proved that you give him crap, he'll turn it into gold, and he gave a killer selfie promo um, with the debut of his daughter. Monroe Mizzenin. Yes, Sky Monroe. Sky <laughs> Monroe, Monroe Sky, Sky? Sky Monroe, Monroe Sky. Whatever it is, his daughter showed up on his selfie video, Yay! as well as Maurice. Uh, this was a the latest acquisition of SmackDown. I don't Live. know if I've ever heard a wrestling crowd actually go, oh. <laughs> oh. I know oh, I have, fantastic. but it was still. Uh, but yeah, so Miz says I'll be there next week and we can start kicking off some feuds. Fantastic. And I cannot wait for him and Daniel Bryan to get their hands on each other. Well, you know what I can't wait for? We got to talk about some other SmackDown acquisitions. SmackDown, obviously, a smaller show in terms of time. They didn't have the ability to have everyone come out this week. So a lot of the people that are coming to SmackDown were we were just told about in in plates and in interstitial segments. We got to talk about some of the people coming over to SmackDown. Yes, we do. Because dear God, they didn't just raid Monday Night Raw. They they bulldozed them. Oh, they raided NXT. They raided <laughs> well. They raided NXT and they raided Raw. They got the bar from Raw which we hinted at earlier, the bar is coming to SmackDown. So Wait, wait, uh, wait is that just a sign that you've given up on them as your Raw Tag Team Champions? And I've, now you're, gonna, you're fully rebooting the Raw Tag Division well, at this point. Now, in hindsight, we can say, okay, the, Raw's coming to, the, the, Raw, the bar is coming to SmackDown. Looking back at Raw, they just put over Brizongo on their way to SmackDown, and they've got a match at the Greatest Royal Rumble against Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt for the tag belts. I have a feeling they're going to lose that. I and agree. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt will take the raw tag belts, which is a great position for them because then they can get rolled over by AOP. Yes. And then we have a lot <laughs> Among of others. And then the tag divisions often often running on raw. Uh, as far as the bar coming to SmackDown, that's a great opportunity for them to start looking pretty strong again in the middle of a tag division with a lot of strong tag teams. The New Day, the Usos, the Bludgeon Brothers. You've got a lot of guys who the bar can feud with uh, Gallows and Anderson got announced to come over as well, which I'm a little disappointed about because I liked what they were doing with Finn. But of course, they can also do similar things with AJ, which I like better, which I well, I don't I don't know if I like better, but it's it works. 
Um, in other tag team news, speaking of, of SmackDown tag team news, Sanity. Sanity got called up from NXT. Well, let's be clear about this. This was, By Sanity, we mean Killian Dane, Eric Young, and Alexander Wolfe, not Nikki no Cross. No Nikki Cross. That was huh. strange. Which makes me think about all kinds of things going on in the women's division on NXT. Yeah. It makes me start stroking my beard Well, it makes bit. me wonder, because Nikki Cross, in my opinion, was such an essential part of Sanity's look and feel. Uh, you know, you didn't just have these three scary guys. You also had this, the most insane member of Sanity was Nikki Cross. This tiny little girl. This just little going crazy all the time. Hellfire yeah. going, going all around the ring, screaming and, and bouncing on the ropes. I think that's going to take away. They're still going to be great. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. They'll be fine. But I think that'll take away from them. So that takes away from some of their mystique and their demeanor. But that being said, Sanity also coming to SmackDown Live. So again, we've got the Usos, the New Day, the Bludgeon Brother, and the well, the, the Colognes, but still, uh, those are the ones that are holdovers, all strong tag teams. You've got Gallows and Anderson, Sanity, and The Bar coming over. That's a strong tag division. On right top there. of the New Day, the Usos, and the yeah, Bludgeon Brothers. Exactly. Holy smokes. That's a strong Woo. tag division. There is there is not a whole lot of dead weight there. Not We're gonna have some great tag stuff. And in addition, we also had some singles competitors come over. Our Truth showed up in a cute little bit with uh, with New Day and Ty Dillinger. Apparently, he still doesn't know what's going on with anything, except he does know how to to high five Ty Dillinger in a really cool way. I, I kind of dig that though that he he's not sure what show he's on or what day of the week it is. Yep. I, I really enjoyed that. That's been his gimmick for so long, and yep. it's just fun. Uh, but yeah, our Truth apparently is on SmackDown for whatever that's worth. But in what I consider one of the biggest pieces of news as far as singles competitors, and they'll say this for the end of the show. Uh, the former NXT champion, Andrade Cien Almas, and his business manager, Zelina Vega, will be coming to SmackDown Live. I was wondering if Vega would come with him or not. He, she I'm glad to. she is. That's part of the package. Yep. He still can't speak English too well. I would have said well. the same thing about Nikki Cross being part of the Sanity package. Yeah, you know? but Sanity can function without Nikki Cross. They'll, it's, it's going to take away from them, but it doesn't make them not function. Sure. Cien Almas... Can't, I don't believe he can function without Zelina Vega at this point. She is absolutely 50% of his equation. He goes out there and wrestles brilliant matches, and she comes out and gives brilliant promos. That is their package, and it's an incredible package. And they, my God, with the faces he has to work with on SmackDown Live, the, the sky is the limit. This is the perfect place for Almas right now. Yep. I am so excited about him being on SmackDown. Brilliant, brilliant call bringing him here. Hey, last but not least, uh, I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Raw. Uh, we also got Absolutions, the, the remaining two members of Absolution, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose coming over to SmackDown Live. So I wanted to talk about this for a little bit because I have something cooking in my head that says, says Paige is going to be a heel corporate GM and I, it just, it feels this way. And now she's got, she's brought her band over with her, of Mandy Rose and Sonny Deville. One, I'm kind of disappointed that we're taking the other MMA girl away from somebody potentially like R- Rousey to work with on Monday Night Raw because I was really excited when those two got in the ring together on Monday night, even though we didn't really see much out of it. But I, I'm excited that Paige is going to have these two, I call them henchmen, if you will, to to work with enforcers. To back her up. Enforcers, sure. Um, maybe just to do her dirty work for her, something along those lines. I can foresee this coming. Uh, do they stand? Do they need to be singles? I think so. I think they need to be individual competitors, not a tag team because, well, we don't have women's tag, but 
at the same time, but we have uh, we, we have what together. seems to be factions building up. Yeah, right. If they Which do, was what we've always wanted. If they do go face, they would align themselves with Paige, who at this point, you know, we had a little backstage segment with her and Shane that was a little awkward, but it was fine. But she is definitely working face at this point as a face GM. So the question is, will Absolution stay heel? Will they turn face? Um, I think there is more for them to do if they go face, but they've been such effective heels up until this point. Uh, who knows? All the other, or women. they could go singles, and one could be heel, one could be face. As far as Sonya Deville, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why they had her face off with Ronda Rousey on Monday was to she. I mean, she was she looked outclassed by Ronda in oh, every yeah. way. Um, I think the best thing they could do for her is to get her as far away from Ronda Rousey as possible okay. because there's no way the two of them could have a match and have Sonya not look completely outclassed by Ronda Rousey. If you want to keep her looking legitimate, get her away from Ronda. Have Sonya be the MMA chick on SmackDown. Great. Then her gimmick is still not infringed. So it's just a matter of where they end up being aligned. Well, hey, next up in the tag division, as always happens, we end up within these feuds. We end up having singles matches between one of the competitors of the tag teams. And this week it was Luke Harper of the Bludgeon Brothers facing off against Jay Uso of the Usos. And as you would expect, he basically just got destroyed. Yeah, it's and, we're still in Bludgeon Brothers murder everything land. Yeah, and I'm 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 not mad at it. Um, and at the end, it ended up, you know, Harper and Rowan ended up going to get their hammers just to destroy Jimmy Uso, who was laid up against the stairs on the outside of the ring. When all of a sudden, Naomi comes running down the ramp out of nowhere. Yeah, it, 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 the whole match devolved into a, a brawl a brawl outside, and Jimmy ends up getting slammed into the stairs while Jay gets murdered on the other side. Uh, yeah, this was weird. So Naomi and Jimmy, obviously husband and wife. So now Naomi's being put in a position where I didn't, I didn't like how this worked. She comes out, you know, gets between Harper and, and Jimmy, and it, it's screaming, like, please don't hurt him. Stop, stop, stop. And the Bludger Brothers go, okay, and leave, which was a weird look right there. That's very unlike them. Um, and it also made Naomi look really weak too, because she didn't, she wasn't like, I'm going to kick your butt. She was just like, Oh, please, please. She looked very weak in this scenario. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I was not a fan of how this all ended. I'm not mad with the bludgeon brothers and the Usos beating the crap out of each other. That's fine. That's what's been going on. We're building towards the match uh, at greatest Royal rumble. I didn't like this aspect. And I'm wondering if they are, Starting this so that at some point Naomi will start getting involved in this feud on a more physical basis, uh, or if she'll be in the Usos' corner and and has that extra is that extra element that helps them get over on the Bludgeon Brothers in some way. Although I don't expect them to win uh, Greatest Royal Rumble, no. But I I wonder if she's going to become an aspect to the storyline, which will take her out of the women's division temporarily. I, I could see her being sort of a fly girl or something like that. You know, fly girl. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm what? A, I'm old in living color. She's not going to be dancing. She dances, you know, that's what she, she does. She danced for Jay-Z. She's been, yeah, but she's Fine. been a wrestler in the WWE. I, I, I'm trying to talk here. Fly girl. I, I could see a point where Naomi is going to be a sidekick of sorts, supporting uh, and interfering with the Usos on the outside of the ring. I don't think she can hold weight with the rest of the women that they now have in the women's division on SmackDown Live. Ooh. It is that stacked over there with Charlotte, Becky, 
Asuka, all of them. I think, I don't think Naomi's there. I think the way they've been selling Naomi for the last year and a half, they she absolutely could get in the ring with those women and look competitive. I you know I still say a lot of her offense looks cartoonish yes. and it doesn't look effective, but the way that they sell it and the you know she could still work. She's very athletic. She could still work with a lot of these women and put on decent matches. I don't think that. I don't think that that's the reason why she will she would not be involved in the women's division. I think it's just there's no real place for her right now. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's exactly but, what I just said. Okay, but not in terms of her in-ring ability. Oh, well, sure, sure. I, I think just in terms of storyline right now. Can we please get some Becky Lynch TV time? That's, you know, that's, you know? that's definitely something that a lot of people have been calling out. Uh, but before we get out of SmackDown, we definitely have to talk about one of the biggest storylines that didn't really involve, well, I was going to say it didn't involve the Superstar Shake-Up until the very end, but it does. We got to talk about AJ Styles coming out of the top of the show and calling out Shinsuke Cockknocker Nakamura. <laughs> yeah. Cocknockamura. Cocknockamura. Cock there he's you stealing go. Mark, nice. He's stealing Mark Hamill's gig from Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, AJ Styles calling out uh, Shinsuke Nakamura for, for continuously low-blowing him and just having some vendetta against his jubblies. Uh, and Nakamura didn't come out. You know who came out? Rusev Day. Rusev Day. Rusev Day. Uh, still getting some of the biggest pops in the WWE, even though they're positioning him continuously as a top heel against their top faces. They are just trying their damnedest to make this guy booed and, and, and not cheered. I don't, I mean, here's the thing on the one side, I'm happy he's getting these big positions on the other side. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, are, do you, are, are you happy with your top heels getting cheered because it's working? Yeah, I agree. I again that Rusev Day pop when Aiden English and he's got it down now. He's timed it so perfectly to where the audience knows exactly when to come in and you hear fifteen to twenty thousand people roar Rusev Day. Yeah. It's huge. The it's only, bigger than any other pop that happened on either show. The only thing I can compare it to is the fact that Samoa Joe is incredibly over as a heel. Yep. Where people, you know, he comes out and everyone starts cheering Joe, Joe, Joe. Um you know, Brock Lesnar got a cheer when he beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Like the the, the, the heels get get they get cheered a lot yeah. in modern wrestling. Okay, fine. The problem is, is Rusev is getting cheered as a face while working heel. I don't know if Joe's getting. He's not really getting the same kind of pop. He's getting a we appreciate you being a badass. Yeah, but uh, everyone knows he's a heel. But it's like they're chanting him as he's walking into the Kumite or something like that. You know, <laughs> Joe, Joe. That's a Joe, really yeah. You know. It's not like they're cheering for him, but yeah. it's it's just this weird thing. I don't know. I'm still confused by Rusev's booking, is what I'm saying. Uh, and, yeah. and but one thing I'm liking the fact is the fact that Aiden English is now getting booked a lot stronger. Yes. He's not he's not just the the jobber heater man, uh, the the announcer for Rusev. He's actually a legit competitor now. We ended up have so we ended up having a match uh, between Rusev and AJ Styles that was quickly ended by interference from Aiden English. Uh, and Daniel Bryan came out for the save to stop the beatdown. And Paige ended up making a tag match. Rusev Day against uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, AJ Styles. So that ended that that was the end of the show, was that tag match. Yep. And they booked Aiden English to be competitive against their he champ. He looked amazing. He, they, they made him look strong. And I, I know some people were beefed about this, but here's the thing. Jinder was a job or two until they made him the world champ. This is not the first time that someone who has been uh, portrayed as being a weaker wrestler has suddenly gotten stronger because they want to make the match more competitive. Uh, 
it happens time and time again. So calm down online community. Yes. It's okay to have Aiden look more competitive, especially because the guy can wrestle and look legit. It's definitely okay with me. Oh, I know it's okay with Aiden you. Aiden is a very strong wrestler, very good in-ring worker, and it's it's one of those things where it's about time. That whole run with the villains. I'm so glad he's got some, some getting some good time on TV now. All right. Well, moving on from Nick's man crush, we have to talk about this match, which is the fact that uh, there was all kinds of interference at the end of this match. And we have to talk about the fact that in the middle of the show, who should appear backstage to intimidate or try to intimidate Daniel Bryan, but the returning big cast, mm-hmm. big cast, seven foot tall. You can't teach that uh, the big orange machine, as I like to call him. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually have to give my girlfriend credit for that. She uh, she coined that term. Nice. The big orange machine. Uh, well, but, he is from Staten Island, so. Well, he is very, very orange. They like tanning beds up and there. And very, very oily. Yeah. <laughs> he, he disturbs me on many levels. Uh, the end of this tag match, Nakamura comes out and reignites his feud with AJ Styles' dick and hits him. AJ's AJ's. AJ's AJ's. He uppercuts AJ's nuts again. <laughs> AJ is just standing on the ring. Minding his own business, getting ready to be tagged in, and Nakamura comes out of the crowd and sure you can. There goes AJ's AJ's. Oh boy, my and, God! And I love how he's just holding it there and selling it for what seems like an eternity. Oh my God! He and he's just laughing. It's. I, I'm sorry. I crack up so hard. Like I'm not the kind of guy who normally laughs at people getting punched in the nuts. I like do. that's. That's not my kind of humor. I love jackass. I'm not a big. F- I love jack. You know, okay. I'm jackass. I love jackass too, but not really the nut shot so much. I'm like, eh, that doesn't do it for me. Right. For whatever damn reason, I am so cracked up by the fact that Nakamura just has like a magnetic attraction to AJ Styles's crotch. And the fact that he just cannot help himself at every opportunity. That man just has to show up and AJ right there. I can't stop smiling. I just, I just, <laughs> it's so funny to me. Just random acts of Nakamura. Like I just, I get the idea that he just like is just sitting somewhere in a corner plotting his next dick punch and he's runs away. It's just, it's, it's, it's nonstop entertainment to me. I'm so far. I'm loving heel Nakamura. The only aspect I'm worried about is after he did this, he runs the top of the, the ring ramp and gets a quick interview from Renee who says, what are you doing, dude? And Nakamura once again goes, ah, don't speak English. I love this. I think this is the way they should have been doing it the whole time rather than trying to force him with his crazy, I think you said it was Kyoto accent. Yeah. It's so thick and strong trying to force these creative promos out of him. I love this. I, just a stone cold killer that just says, you and I, I don't speak English. I don't have to say anything to you. Brilliant. Yes, I like it to a point. At a certain point, it's going to become a gimmick and a catchphrase, and I don't really think it's a worthy one. I think that at some point, they're going to have to move on from this sure. and and show that he, instead of just having him say this, show that he can speak English, but that that's, what, that's the line he uses to shut people down when he's done talking. You know what would be you know brilliant I mean? is, is if, he had, if he started bringing the translator to the ring and that he's too good to speak this English language stuff, and he has to have somebody translate his Japanese for him. There, you, if especially now that he's flipped heel, yeah. So I think there's a way that you could have something like that work. That out for might him. get a little bit too close to uh, Cien Almas and Zelina Vega, Maybe. especially because with them with them on the same show. Sure, but as I think that this is the sort of thing that's it's. I'm not going to say it's a delicate situation because really, at the end of the day, it's not. But I think that it's the sort of thing where if if played right. This could this could be a lot of fun if played wrong. It could just get awkward really yeah. quickly, and it would not be the first time that they did awkward things with Nakamura and his his intermittent use of English. 
so it's it's something to keep an eye on. At this point, I'm like, okay, you used it twice. Third time is the opposite of whatever whatever the opposite of a charm is. Third time, it's gonna, I'm going to start getting annoyed. Be like, yeah. ah, don't steer the boat too much into that. It's cute. It was cute. The, it was great the first time. It's kind of cute the second time. I'm going to get a little irritated if they keep using it without giving it some basis uh, to be a a heel move. You know what I mean? They've got it. They've got to get more. Uh, they've got to get have more to it than just that line. I mean, if if they have him talk speaking English in certain things, and then anytime something about AJ comes up, he goes, "Oh, sorry, no speak English." Well, last week was great with that because he answered the he Renee asked him two questions, yeah. and the first question he answered very eloquently and and had the little wink and everything. And the second question, he just was it was very obvious. I don't want to answer that. I don't speak English. Uh, that I like. That's the way I'd like to see it. Exactly. Go they need. That's how I would like to see it played more. Yeah. Is, what? is basically what I'm saying. Hey, this wasn't the last thing of this match, believe it or not, is all, all of this is going on. Big Cash shows up out of nowhere and levels Daniel Bryan yes. with a big seven-foot boot. And so the match was a, was was thrown out. And then stood uh, over him awkwardly for 27 minutes holding his hand up in the air and looking up into the sky this, like, what, uh, what are you doing? I saved Big Cash's segment for the end of our discussion of SmackDown because I think this is the one error that they made. Really? Yeah. Okay, why? I, I, I do not like Big Cass and Daniel Bryan being involved. I know that, I mean, Big Cass needs to work with someone who's very strong because he's not. Uh, and Daniel Bryan will be good for that. I think, let me, let me put it this way. I think it'll be fine. But that being said, uh, I don't, I, I'm not very high on Big Cass. Um, he is definitely a sink or swim proposition. And I think that he's in an awkward position now that Enzo's gone. I don't think that he, he what we've seen of him outside of him and Enzo being a tag team was not great for the most part. Yeah. Um, well, let's remember his career is built on being the hot tag in Enzo and, Enzo and Cass. Absolutely. Can he work by himself? Can he work as a big man? Because his match against Big Show was atrocious. We have to see. We, we haven't seen yet. I, I am, I am, like, you know how you are with Ronda Rousey? Yeah. I'm like that with Big Cass, okay. only I'm much more negative. Okay. okay. <laughs> I am I am very nervous about Big Cass. I don't I know he's big, but you know, he has he has the face like a like a 13-year-old McDonald's employee. Like it's <laughs> it's he's not he's not he doesn't do it for me. And maybe that's my personal opinion and maybe he'll grow on me if he does some good work, but he's definitely the one person that came into SmackDown that I'm like jury's out on this and especially with him thrown immediately into the main event like in with all the the top guys on smackdown i'm like oh i don't know if i'm completely okay with that i agree jury's still out on big cast i but i'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt i just don't think that enzo carried him for for way too long oh yeah um let's talk about now that we're at the end of smackdown and we've got raw and smackdown in the books all of the superstar shakeup stuff is done all of the call-ups are done Let's take a second to recap, uh, as we did with at the end of our, our Raw Talk stuff. Uh, let's look at SmackDown Live, or better yet, let's look at the overall picture sure. of who came out on top yeah. between what, the two shows. How is everything looking now that the shakeup is done? We, yeah. know, we know what the new rosters are for the most part going to be. We might have some tweaks here and there, but this is pretty much it. Uh, I have to say, my overall takeaway right now, and I did, I did not think this after Raw ended, when Raw ended, I was like, oh, SmackDown unloaded a lot of dead weight, but they're really spare right now. They don't have a lot left. Dear God, they filled those holes with some big, big players. Yes, they did. Jesus. Uh, they have the potential to absolutely take off 
in the coming year. It actually is one of the things at the top of the show we were talking about the co-branded pay-per-views. I, this is the reason I wish they weren't because my God, if SmackDown had its own pay-per-views, they could put on some incredible shows with the talent that they have over there. Uh, the only the only variable would be the quality of storyline they could provide. Yeah. Right now, Raw is looking very bloated with a lot of people that really couldn't do a whole lot on SmackDown, whether because of time constraints or whatever it was. Raw is looking like not Raw has two problems. Not only is the top of its card really stacked with a lot of big guys still being over there, but the mid card is now full of people who really feel like lower card talent, and it's almost like. How do I put this? It's like uh, SmackDown used to be the land of opportunity, but now it's like we're ha- we're building a lot of these stars over on Raw. I, I kind of agree with that, but I want to. I guess I want to state it a little bit differently. I, I think I said back when we were talking about Raw that SmackDown. It felt like SmackDown trimmed the fat yeah. and sent it all over to Raw. And I think I mentioned that, like what you just said, it was about time constraints and stuff. They didn't have time to develop them or give them time on TV. But man, I just it feels like it's all mid card stuff now. You've certainly got like Roman, Braun, Brock. Up there Seth. in the top, Seth, eh, upper mid card. There's not a lot of. That's what I'm saying. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I think I need another week or two of of shows to see how they're going to start booking these guys to really make any judgments. Well, Is Cass going to be in the main event picture now on SmackDown Live? I I can I can imagine him being that way because he's already started to get physicality with Daniel Bryan. So quite possibly. That being said, right now I think that it's. SmackDown, basically, they're, they're in a position where all they can do is fail. Like, they have so much possibility right oh, now yeah. with these guys. Like, they, it's theirs to lose at this point. Uh, if you want to talk about Raw and SmackDown having any kind of competition, right now, SmackDown is looking like the way more exciting property. Raw has a lot of work to do to make their current roster work. They've got a lot of... Uh, Especially in building. the tag division. In the tag division, I'm also looking at just the mid-card in general. They've got a lot of guys who they are going to have a hard time getting over if they keep them in the, in the mid-card because the top of the card is huge. Uh, you've got the top of the card, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, mid-card, Baron Corbin and Jinder Mahal. Uh, uh, let's see, who, who else we got? I mean, Big Show is still over there. Um, Dean Ambrose will be coming back from injury in the summer. Uh, and in the women's division, Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, Mickey, you know, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Ember Moon. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on over on Raw, and it's going to be, they've got a lot of time, but is there enough time to get everybody over? Whereas SmackDown, you really don't have any bad pairings. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of people could be immediately inserted into a main event picture or look really good in a mid-card position and not look that like that low on the card. You know, it's interesting that we're at this place now where... In a way, I overwhelmingly feel like creative has gone down this road for the last couple of years where they've made everything about a title. We've stopped telling long-term stories that just end in a match. We've now just kind of booked everything around a set of titles. You well, except have, for Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shane, and Daniel Bryan. You do have your one, but then you get AJ Styles involved and you involve the WWE Championship as a part of it. My point is is that it feels like that we can't do anything without a title being involved, and I feel like that's why we've got such a gap between the top of the card and what everybody else. So I, if I could say anything to the creative guys, I'd say start building better story. Start writing, <laughs> start, start writing story that doesn't involve a title. Oh, you mean what we've been saying to creative for the last 20 years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, at this point, okay. So who do you think is the biggest winner and the biggest, biggest loser of this shakeup? 
uh, individuals. Yeah, individuals. For winners, I want to say The Miz. Mm -hmm. And this might feel weird saying that because he's now been separated from his illustrious intercontinental title reign. But I think him coming over and being able to work in matches with the likes of AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan are going to do wonders for his career going forward. I think he's going to have a blast. I think we're going to see some amazing matches out of those three guys at the top of the card on SmackDown Live. Um, For biggest losers, i got to say The Bar. Really? They were already kind of in a bad spot at the bottom of Monday Night Raw. Even though they were at the top of the tag division, being at the top of absolutely nothing is still zero. So going over to SmackDown Live where you have the Usos, the New Day, the Bludgeon Brothers, all established just for years now, having to come in as previously previous champs into the middle of that, I don't think they're going to be working. They're going to be just not being anywhere near that title on SmackDown, those titles on SmackDown Live. I think they might have lost the most by going from the top of the tag division to arguably the bottom of the tag division on SmackDown Live. Wow. I actually, to be honest with you, I kind of disagree with you on both of those, uh, but I, I can, we could argue the bar. Like, I think that's, that's arguable. I think the Miz is just holding steady. I don't really? think he's going up or down the card. I think he's staying right where he was. He was, he was on every Monday Night Raw. He was a big deal over there. I think he's going to be a big deal on SmackDown. I think he's going to hold steady. And frankly, I think the bar, if they lose anything, will not lose that much. In my opinion, I think the biggest loser in all of this is Finn Balor. Mm. Because not only does Gallows and Anderson go over to SmackDown Live and that interesting aspect to his character is gone, but he's got much more big guys to compete with now over on Monday Night Raw. And he looks like less of a big deal. Cruiserweight! You know what? It's now starting to look like I don't think he should be in the cruiserweight division at all. He's just too much of a big property. But I think that he's going to fade into the background against the guys like Lashley, Rollins, Strowman, um, possibly even Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like I don't think he's going to stand out that much over on Raw. He's going to definitely fade a lot. Uh, whereas the biggest winner for me has got to be Samoa Joe. You know what I mean? Where he now we haven't really seen a lot of what he can do because of his injuries uh, over the last year. But he was always kind of the guy on Monday Night Raw who you build a feud around because someone else has a bigger feud coming, right? He never, he was just the guy right below the main of the real main event. Whereas I think on SmackDown Live, he's going to have the most amazing match possibilities. He's going to have so much more to do over on SmackDown Live because you've got bigger, bigger heels over on Monday Night Raw. Uh, and all those guys have been wrestling together for 20 years now. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Do we get do we get to see uh, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe in the WWE? Like WWE is becoming TNA 2005, 2006. <laughs> it's you hilarious. Throw, you throw Brian Danielson in there from it, that's 2005, right? So uh, this is I think I think Samoa Joe definitely made out really well. Well, you pull a fast one on me there because I was doing winners of losers of who actually changed positions. I agree with you. Finn Balor's in a rough spot. Um, he has been for a while. The little smiley Finn Balor appeared when coming out with the Good Brothers every now and then, but that still never really went anywhere for him. He got uh, into that intercontinental title. I hate title, the smile. I really do. It's stupid. It's dumb. Don't do that anymore. I want vicious Finn Balor doing the demon stuff every now and then, not all the time. But hey, guys, I know we've uh, run this a little bit long. We've still got a little bit more to talk about. We've got NXT 205 Live and other stuff over in the wide world of wrestling. So the Superstar Shakeup was not the only major thing to happen this week. We had a lot of build towards the greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, a lot of matches being confirmed for that upcoming big show, uh, which we definitely have to talk about, especially with, with 
Now the Superstar Shake-Up in our rear view. That's the next big thing. Uh, the Intercontinental title match is still a go. The Miz, Finn Balor, uh, Seth Rollins, and Samoa Joe in a ladder match to get the IC title. Can't help but think that Rollins will retain there so that it stays on Raw. Oh, no. uh, I don't think Joe's taking it to SmackDown, bro. Uh, other matches that have been confirmed... It looks like Rusev is back in the match with The Undertaker. Okay, what? I'm confused. Well, he was in the match with The Undertaker, and then all of a sudden Y2J was in the match with The Undertaker, and then there was a whole work where Lana said, well, she didn't want Rusev to be in the match, but now she felt like she wanted him in the match, so Rusev's back in the match. Eh, uh, Meltzer said on, on Wrestling Observer that it was just Vince McMahon changing his mind. Okay. Whatever, Rusev is going to go get buried by Undertaker. Uh, as announced this week, Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal. Originally, I believe it was Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. but And this is for the title, right? This is for the U.S. title. Jinder's taking it back to Raw. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, well, and if he does, then yeah, Joe is taking that IC title. Yep. But uh, yeah, so, well, this could be interesting. Uh, the bar will meet the deleters of worlds and probably uh, lose to them so that they can keep those Raw tag titles on Raw. Uh, the that, bludgeon- would, that would help, right? That'd be nice. <laughs> The Bludgeon Brothers are facing the Usos, Triple H versus John Cena. We're having a rematch from WrestleMania, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura again. For the title? For the title. Ooh, okay. Uh, And also for the title, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a cage. Uh, Eh. It's going to really tell if if Lesnar wins again, they're definitely going to go break CM Punk's record. Yeah. That's my opinion on this. If Reigns takes it here... It just means they wanted people to cheer him when he won the title. That's and that's what we'll take away from that. Uh, plus, there's the 50 man Royal Rumble that we have to uh, get to on that show too. That's going to be a really long, long show, uh, and that's without any women's matches because you know apparently because Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia and money is more important than uh, sticking it to a a uh, theocracy that's about 20 years behind the modern era. And I can't claim responsibility or ownership of this because I did hear it on Twitter, but I did hear somebody refer to it as the greatest oil rumble. Oh, hello. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's pretty good. I like that. Very clever. Uh, Let's talk about NXT really yes. quickly. Uh, Johnny Gargano this week. He is back, and he is uh, he's back on his white meat babyface tour. You could it's almost like a piece of baked chicken. You could peel the meat off of his cheeks. He, he, he is, is so white meat babyface. He face. is a walking piece of chicken breast. <laughs> uh, him and his uh, his lovely wife, Miss Candice LeRae. They're adorable. Who he I I liked this because people have been chanting because he's Johnny Wrestling. They've been chanting Mrs. Wrestling at yeah. her. I like how this week he he put it out there. Hey to, to the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Candice Wrestling, uh, which I thought was a, a nice way of him saying to the crowd, Smart. yo, yo, she's more than just my wife, okay? She can wrestle. thought that was very well done on his part. Um, and they are back, and Johnny's going to be challenging. Let's see. Well, th- he had two things going on tonight. Candice LeRae had a match against Zelina Vega, yep. which was uh, which she won, which was their way of sending uh, Vega and uh, Almas off to SmackDown Live Correct. with Candice and Johnny going over them. Johnny also challenged... Uh, uh, Alistair Black to a title match, which we'll have next week, which I can't help but think that bald bastard Ciampa was going to get involved in. Of course he is, because we're not done with that yet. Nowhere close. Come on. That's one of the greatest uh, feuds going right now. We also had the debut on NXT TV of our boy, Ricochet, the one and only, the one and only Ricochet versus Fabian Eichner, who I we're both really high on as well. Fun, very quick match. Uh, Ricochet wins with his incredible flips off the top, uh, the top turnbuckle, and like a one-legged standing shooting star press, just like it was nothing. Uh, of course, just, uh, oh, it's beautiful. It's Ricochet is a machine. <laughs> he's a machine. He's already massively over uh, nothing but 
nothing but the rocket strapped to that boy. Absolutely. Uh, we also had a match, uh, basically a squash match between War Machine. Uh, excuse me, Raiders. Wall Raiders. Raiders. Wall Waiters. Here's the Elmer Fudd segment of our show. Uh, Wall Waiters. Oh. Everybody be quiet. I'm hunting jobbers. Oh. <laughs> uh, they had a match against a couple of jobbers. They killed them. They looked fantastic. Um, someone during this match screamed out uh, the tagline that we use at our end of a sh- uh, at the end of our show that we stole from Jim Ross. Would somebody stop the damn match? Because they were murdering these. And we jobbers. just want to clarify. There's been several asks if if we were in attendance at this taping, and I need to clarify that Sir Ian Dangerous was not at this taping. No, I, I was. I was not. Uh, I live in sunny Southern California, which is where the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena is located. Uh, that is a long way from Florida or uh, 2,800 Orlando, miles, Florida. Yeah, and I'm I'm currently broke from having to get my computer fixed. So uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I was not in attendance at this taping, but we may have had a plant. Uh, we also had Shayna Baszler threaten the entire women's roster backstage. Uh, Kona Reeves had a thing saying he's going to re-debut. He, he was involved with some tag teams. He's a big cool. six foot four guy. I'm yeah. looking. It's interesting to see what they're going to do with him. I'm. And the jury's out for me. NXT just lost half the damn roster to the main roster, so yeah, they, they need to repopulate it a little bit. Uh, we had a bit where Pete Dunn was had packed his bags and was heading out and was asking his way out. And I'll tell you where he was heading in a second. Okay. Uh, but he was heading out of the building, and they asked him what he was going to do about Roderick Strong, to which he replied that he was going to... I'm going to rip his head off. <laughs> in the most nonchalant... As, about as British way as you can get. I love I love face Pete Dunn. Yes. Uh, because he's gone from being a, a heel that I kind of that I root for but I'm terrified of yeah. to being a face who I just love sicking on the bad guys because he's gonna kill them. Yeah. Well he's a face that I'm terrified of and you know. He's he's basically every Peaky Blinders episode come to life. <laughs> yes. No fighting. Um and let's see what else do we have on the show. We had uh, we uh, had our only the main event. Only the main event. Well, it wasn't the main event. Only, was the main it event, was but to it, me but though. It was to you yes. because your boy Lars Sullivan finally had his no DQ match against Killian Dane. Oh, this was pretty. Haas match. Haas match. Uh, this, this was a Haas match. This was a lot of this is brutality of blood and broken tables and smashed chairs and broken bodies. Uh, but broken ulti- noses. Broken noses. Ultimately. Uh, Killian Dane lays down for Lars Sullivan as on his way off to SmackDown. Lars Sullivan picks up the win in this match and looks like an absolute monster as if he didn't before. Yeah, I don't think there's any question out there that Lars Sullivan is a is a wrecking machine. Uh, that guy is just he's built like nothing I remember seeing before. That Kirby illustration. Oh. I love I love Morrow's and, line and about just, that. If we talk about people's final forms every now and then, Lars Sullivan might be rest in peace. Bruno Sammartino's final form. Jesus, if, if Bruno Sammartino was dropped into a vat of mutagen like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yes. he'd come out looking like Lars Sullivan. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sammartino. Yes, uh, we got to go over and talk about 205 Live really quickly. Still a lot of fun. Um, this was a bit of a, a deep breath show before we dive into some more stuff. Uh, Mustafa Ali uh, got his WrestleMania win back by defeating Arya Davari, who was talking smack about uh, Ali not being able to get the job done. Right. We had the return of Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher to in-ring action with a squash match over a couple of guys. Um, but interestingly enough, as much as we thought they were going to get back at uh, at Hideo Itami this week in the main event, which was the Lucha House Party in a tornado tag against uh, Tozawa and Itami, they did not interfere. They did not get involved Interesting. in that. And Lucha House Party wins clean. Uh, to go over and I think probably blow off the feud 
and we'll see where oh, we go. You think we're from done here. with it from now? I believe so. That was the that was the impression I got from this okay. was it was this was the blow off. Uh, I'd say the most interesting thing that happened this week was the announcement that uh, even though Buddy Murphy had invoked his number one contenders clause and was going to be facing Cedric Alexander, it's not happening at the Greatest Royal Rumble because he quote unquote didn't make weight, came in at two hundred and seven pounds this week, uh, so he was disallowed from having this match. In reality. I think it was because of visa issues because, you know, he's he had to go back to Australia. Well, he's Australian. So his, you know, he's got he's got a work visa for here. Oh, you, but mean you know can't I mean? go to Jeddah. Right. Okay. So, so gotcha. like with a couple of these international superstars, it's difficult to fly them all around the world. Yeah. Uh, so that I think that was legit what happened. But uh, that being said, we're having a gauntlet match next week for the number one contender. Uh, I have a feeling Gulak's going to win it because he had a little promo this week about it. I think that's a great option. Gulak Alexander program, I would not be mad about. So down with that. And I think Buddy Murphy will then, of course, make weight once they get back. And we may sure. see a match uh, at Backlash between, uh, between him and Cedric Alexander. Certainly would not be mad at that. Hey, to wrap things up here at the end of the show, uh, to go over some of the last notes that we've got, Let's start off a little bit of a lightning round. Ian, I'm going to hand it over to you. Take it away. Yes, sir. After all of the insanity that was the Superstar Shakeup this week, there are a couple of fun little notes we have to get to. Uh, Ring of Honor had a fight in the locker room this week. Uh, now that we kind of know more about what's going on, it sounds like a, uh, a lower talent, like someone who had just been brought in for the show, uh, didn't want to move out of a chair. There's a bit of a scuffle. Flip Gordon end up, ended up putting the guy down because he's got some legit MMA background. And uh, Cody ended up tweeting afterwards that now Flip Gordon is in the all-in event. They'd been telling him in, in jest that he was not allowed to come to the all-in event. And they're like, oh, well, now you can come <laughs> in because you settled this guy down real hard. Um, also, and another uh, notes about people, people passing away. Uh, Mid-Atlantic NWA legend, number, uh, number one, Paul Jones, has passed away. He held all kinds of belts. He held the NWA title a bunch of times, tag titles, uh, had a long feud with Baron Rashke. Yeah. Uh, the, guy, the guy was a legend, uh, and unfortunately, he has also passed away. Kind of got lost in the shuffle of San Martino's passing, but we definitely wanted to make note that he had, he had passed away and, and the best of his family. Um, also, we have to talk about progress having the strong, a super strong style 16 single elimination tournament. That's a mouthful. That is. Uh, trust me. I just stumbled on it. It was a <laughs> mouthful. Uh, not as much of a, as a, of a mouthful as the 16 people who are involved in it. Let me run down this list. It's going to get ex- more exciting as I go. Chuck Mambo, Doug Williams, Angelico, remember from uh, from Lucha Underground, yep. David Starr, Chris Brooks, Jordan Devlin, Flash Morgan Webster, the one of the grizzled young veterans. They haven't determined which one yet, either Zach Gibson or James Drake. Joey Janela, TK Cooper, Mark Andrews, Pete Dunn, what? which is where, where he was flying back to, was uh-huh. to be involved in this. Keith Lee, Keith Lee, Keith Lee, Zach Saber Jr., what? Tyler Bate, what? and Cassius Ono. What? Yeah. Uh, Cassius Ono actually previously has been in this. Most of these guys have. But last time, Cassius Ono was in the finals. He beat uh, Mark Andrews in the first round and Walter in the second round, ultimately losing to Tommy End, who you may know better as Alistair Black. So... This is going to be a hell of a show. When is this? This is coming up Saturday, May 5th uh, at the Alexandra Palace Ice Rink. They're going to do it at an ice rink? (laughs) Dude, it's it's progress, man. Uh, Also, speaking of which, we've got... uh, I just mentioned Walter. Well, Walter just had one of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend against PCO, Pierre-Carl Ouellet, which we talked about last week. It was a great match. Well, they're having a rematch of that match at IWS Hardcore Heat on July 14th, and it's going to be a street fight. 
Jesus Christ! Oh man, I hope I hope that uh, PCO has has healed up from last time because it's gonna <laughs> this is gonna be a this is gonna be a beatdown. Uh, speaking of which, they just had uh, some shows out in Cape Town. WWE did. Uh, Roman Reigns apparently his stitches have still not fully healed because uh, he had a match against Samoa Joe and once again got busted open really hard. I guess his stitches split and uh, was wearing the crimson mask again. And, yeah, again, and he was actually he was supposed to have a signing session with fans afterwards, and they had to tell people, "Sorry, he, he can't because he's bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's there's blood, so I'm afraid we you know for biological reasons it just can't happen. Speaking Spe- of biological, speaking of biological, the last note of the day. Uh, file file this in the oh my god file like the I can't believe this is happening file I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this straight up and then explain the WWE uh, I'm reading this off of TMZ by the way the WWE got an emergency restraining order against an obsessed fan who carried out a poop smearing attack on a WWE training facility because they were fearing he would strike again <laughs> Uh, this Damn you, poop bandit! This gentleman's name, gentleman I use very loosely, his name is Armando Alejandro Montalvo, and he has been harassing the company since 2015. Uh, apparently, he has been smearing his feces all over the walls at the WWE Training Center in Orlando all the way back to, to July 2015. Uh, again, this is all on TMZ, and I'm just quoting their website for the most part. Um, he has been uh, <laughs> he's been harassing people there. He's been wearing makeshift wrestling costumes, banging the doors, threatening staffers. He's been subdued by the cop by the cops at gunpoint at one point. Uh, he was at a WWE event venue in Florida and began harassing people, saying that his new wrestling nickname is Generation Flex because my dick and balls are bigger than Generation X. Wow. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, he's been threatening everybody. He has also threatened to use his own semen in a biological attack. Uh, so as you would imagine, court records uh, show the restraining order was granted. I actually kind of love that the sirens were going on during that whole segment while you were reading it. So we're intentionally going to leave that one it's in because it's just too perfect ambiance. Yeah, he's apparently still posting threatening stuff on social media. But uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, uh, some fans, I tell you, bro. Well, man, it is a different looking WWE after this week. I have to say that. Especially uh, at the Performance Center with this guy smearing poop on the walls. <laughs> So now we have a whole bunch of new looks on uh, the, both of the brands. There's going to be so much to talk about uh, leading up to the greatest Royal Rumble here in, what, 10 days? Good Not grief. even 10 to 8 days uh, from now. I thought it was going to mellow out after WrestleMania. Nope. And then nope. Uh, less than, uh, what, like three weeks later, we, we got, got backlash. backlash. Uh, we, are, we are on a, a downhill slide with nonstop, just full-on 150 miles an hour, Nick. We're going not only to the greatest Royal Rumble and backlash, but to our one-year anniversary, which is coming yes. up. Uh, very soon at the end of May. My goodness, sir, time has indeed flown. It has. We do have some interesting things in the works here at Busted Wide Open to enhance the show even further and bring even more content to you guys. Stay tuned for updates on that kind of stuff. And hey, the best place to find that is over in our Facebook discussion group. Just come over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open. You'll find our group there. Send us a request. We would love to have you guys join in the conversation. Also, join us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. We do live tweet several of the shows every week, so would love to get involved with the conversation. Head on over there. If you like this show and love what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own shoot promo right here on the show. And by the way, make sure to listen to Going In Raw with Steven Larson and the Take Two Takedown podcast. Uh, Both of those shows were kind enough to run a bit that we made uh, that we won by winning the WrestleMania Pick'ems. They'll be running our bit this week. Check those podcasts out regardless. They're quality podcasts and we definitely recommend 
recommend you listen to both of them. Uh, in addition, make sure to like, share, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice, whether that's on Android, whether that's on Spotify, whether that's on Apple, whatever it is, make sure you uh, so to spread the love around and also leave us a review. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what we can improve. We love constructive criticism here at Busted Wide Open. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.